What's up, friends? It's been a while. We are back. I'm more bougie than you. We are more bougie than you. I'm Paisley Rowe. I can't even remember the intro. I'm Paisley Rowe. What up, what up? It's FBV. <sighs> That's how I feel right and we now. Is, and we is here. We's in here. <laughs> um, are you cocktailing? Uh, no cocktailing, because I literally got home, like, not too long ago, so. Cocktailing is kind of difficult for me right now. How about you? I am having a little white woman's white wine spritzer. Um, <laughs> and I tried to put it on Insta stories, but unfortunately, um, my kitchen counter has 957 appliances on it, and I can't have people thinking I'm dirty. So, won't be on there. Yeah. <laughs> Or you can just take a small picture of it and call it a day. Yeah, but you can't take a small picture of a wine glass. That's not how that works. Try to be cropping tall. the shit out of things. Uh-huh. I said I'd be cropping the shit out of things. Like, if I don't want everything else in the background, I will cut out everything else. Yeah, and but call I was trying day. to do it on a story. Oh, but that's okay. So you don't have all the things I have on my phone. Just send it to me and I'll do it um, for you. No, that's all right. I mean, no, I I just don't play around with it enough. I don't really care enough, so I just was like, fuck it. The first one I did, okay, but I spilled the damn top, the the quad that I put on top of it, so that was a bust. So, whatever. Anyways. Well, it sounds like you were having something quite lovely over there. Something light. Nothing too crazy. I've been drinking a lot. A lot, a lot, and a lot of liquor, so I'm trying to wind it back just a bit i've not i can't say that i've had the only alcohol i had was this past weekend when i went to the bar by myself to just chill and mind my business and have my cigar and then yeah i was about to troll you on that post i was like i actually wrote out sometimes (laughs) you want to go where everybody knows your name but i'd like to leave it in (laughs) you're such a hater So, I wasn't there long. It was cool. (laughs) In there chilling, minding my business. So, that was the first bit of alcohol I really had outside of when we went to brunch. And that was it. Yeah, that's good. I've been overdoing it. Just because, like, I don't know. I just like to have a cocktail when I'm out. And I feel like I eat clean. Well, I don't eat always eat clean. But I eat pretty well. So, I don't know. I've just been out and about and in the streets. So, when I'm in the streets, I feel like having a cocktail. So, Yeah. I feel like if Either I way, I'm trying dog, to cut back because I don't want this to get out of control. Understandable. But as long as you, like, know, like, what your limit is, then yeah, like, I feel like Yeah, like, I'm never, like, pissy drunk to the yeah. point where I can't function, but, Yeah, that's what I mean. Know. So, like, you're well within your, your lane of, like, I'm gonna have a good time and I'm gonna go sit my ass down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. So, all right, guys. So this week on the docket, we are doing um, some scripted television. Praise the good and most high. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping something comes back because right now TV is raggedy as fuck. But go ahead. Yeah, scripted television is really good right now. So Mm -hmm. um, I jotted down some thoughts. I've not. So I'm very late to the game with this. This love is on own. Um, I don't have that channel. So, by the the blessings of friends, (laughs) I was able to watch, like, I think I watched it probably not even the right sequence. So, I watched 101, and then I think I might have seen 102, or maybe I only watched one episode because it wasn't working, and I didn't want to lock you out of your account. So, either way, (laughs) having watched only one episode, I had jotted down some thoughts. Um, First of all, let me just say, before we get into this. Love is is deceptive because the Girl. first episode you'll be like, oh, this is cute, but by episode like five, you're like, this motherfucker here, this is trash. <laughs> the show is like good ish, but I think I was hate watching it because I really, really hate yes year. So like, here's it's funny that you say that because I only watched the one episode and literally the notes that I jotted down was, um. The manipulation of an Mm -hmm. introduction, um, walking away after an exchange left Nuri wanting more. And then, um, I also put down, can you truly fall in love with someone 
on the first date, first night, like meeting a stranger. Can, is this possible? Is this something that could happen to you? Yeah. And so I also found that like after I watched like that whole first episode, I was in here. I was like, you know, I am fucked up. This shit got me in my emotions. Because mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. it that their first date is very reminiscent of the last person that I dated. Mm-hmm. And having been out on a first date with this person for hours, like she was, even though it wasn't um, intended to be a date in her instance, um, that literally happened to me. And so I was like, I think that's why I only watched one of the episodes. So, yeah, it wasn't that I couldn't get back in. I was like, Mm-mm, fuck this, not today. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so I just, you see, he's just garbage. Mm-hmm. And I can sense this off of the strength of watching one episode. I'm gonna like hate watch, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm. I feel like I'm just. I'm gonna have to circle back to this on him. Like, but like my my initial thoughts is like he's a manipulator, like a master manipulator. And yeah, that unfolds as the season progresses for sure. He's also like Nuri is very like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, like, searching. And I think part of what my issue was in watching that and, like, being in my feelings after the fact was, like, damn, I could see myself in this character, which always seems to happen with Mar Brock Akil projects, like... Mm-hmm. I could definitely <laughs> see myself in Nuri. I saw myself more so not because I'm so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but because... She was about the business of living her fucking life. And yeah. then here comes this nigga. Like, I have been in that situation more more than once where I'm just like, no, I'm out here fucking whoever or just kicking it or whatever, just doing my, just doing me and worried about myself. And here comes some nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, I just felt like it was getting her off course and that he was just in her fucking way. And I wanted him not to be in her way as, as much as I wanted some of the niggas I've dated to not be in my way. Girl, I'm just like, ugh. I have to, you guys, bear with me. I have to just, I have to watch this, like, one episode a week, like it comes on TV. I can't just sit no, and catch up. No, it's fine. What I wanted <laughs> to talk about an article. I didn't read the whole thing. I think it appeared on Exxon Nicole. Um, that talked about specifically the relationship with Nuri um and Yasir well Yasir and Neri compared to Yasir and what was girl's name the yoga lady he was he was living with oh yeah yeah yeah. her name escaped me that quick um anyways and the article specifically talked about like how basically she um god why can't I remember her name um, how she was taking care of him and like he was basically living on her couch and not paying any bills and et cetera, et cetera. And she like helped to prop him up and put faith in him about moving to LA and trying to become a writer. And like she did all the dirty work and somebody else benefited from that being nerdy. Yes. Although I'm not sure that either one of them really benefited because he ain't shit. And he had a whole lot of fucking gumption and nerd. Oh, girl, let me tell you something about the pink couch episode. I mean, by all means, you can spoil it because I'm just... That was where I lost it. I feel like I'm going to be a while with this show. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But, like, I feel like that's when I lost it altogether because at the time I was kind of still, like, half in, half out, like, still kind of wanting them to work out. Mm -hmm. But she bought, like, three different couches and she kept buying couches because she couldn't decide which one she wanted. And she got this pink couch. Her mom's over there. They're, they're luxuriating, admiring the pink couch. And he walks in and is like, that will look good in your office. Nigga, you're homeless. The fuck you mean? Mm. You literally don't have a home. You literally have slept in your car recently. You literally like have nothing, nothing. You have relied on women to take care of you. I don't even think at this point he had a part-time job working at the bookstore yet. Like, nigga, you have nothing. You have no say. Shut your face. Fuck you. Like, that was when I rose to fuck you levels of, like, you can go. Yeah, I feel you. And basically it was like her pink couch couldn't be in the living room. Like, you gotta pay bills to make those decisions. And at bare minimum, not be homeless. 
have your own damn business to attend to, basically. Yeah. Good God. So anyways, um, but yeah, this idea of like you putting in the dirty work and somebody else reaping the rewards. How do you, have you ever been in that situation or what is your thoughts on that? I feel like I, I have been in that situation more times than I care to admit. And I think that, yeah. And I think that like, because you know how we've talked about, like you be on my ass about not trying to fix everybody. So, like, I am very, like, to reference Fran, I'm very Fran-like in the, I always seem to attract someone that's a little broken in some sort of way. And so, I've learned to pay attention to the patterns and, like, recognize when I'm about to go on Captain Save-A-Hole missions that I need to pump my brakes and realize that this person's issues is not my responsibility. I don't have to walk them through their tragedy and you know get their shit together like that's not my job i got my own tragedies and shit to fucking work out Mm -hmm. so um i don't know i don't know that i feel one way or the other outside of the strongest feeling i have is not to do that shit and to make sure that i'm focused on me and to like make sure i'm awake in the sense of like see that shit coming miles away you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get caught up and swept up in trying to, you know, fix and save and so on and so forth. Like, the first person I ever did that with, and I'll say his name on here because he ain't going to never listen to this shit, was Brandon. And that was fucking... Oh, God, that's a name I forgot about. Go ahead. Hell yeah. That's like, what? How old are we? It's like 15 years ago? Yeah. If Or mo- probably more than that. So, like... Yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not never doing that shit again. Yeah, I don't, I can't say I've ever done it. I don't think I have. Um, mostly I just, to be honest, like my attention span for niggas is really not that long. So, like, once I lose interest or since that you don't have it together or since that you're not getting it together at bare minimum, like, I, I don't have any interest in fixing people. I, consider myself a very heavily flawed and broken person not broken in the way of like like I'm a victim or anything like that but just like I have a lot of shit to work through on my own and like the last shit the last thing that I need is to be trying to help somebody else fix their shit like that I'm not invested in like my friends or whatever yeah like we talk we you know try to help each other out as much as possible but like I have a lot of of shit going on inside of me and I'm not going to like be trying to fix you and me at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. no, we're not doing that. Um, but yeah, I definitely believe that it happens. And I think that's like the situation where you see all the time where like, you have this man be with somebody for 10 years? Like they've been dating and the woman has been asking for the ring for the last three years. And he's just, you know, procrastinating, procrastinating. Finally, they break up, and he's married to somebody else in a year. I'm just like... But, and I mean, you see that all the time, and it's just like, it's just, it just is what it is. Like, But that's when you have to figure out, like, when you're, you have to, a lot of times, I feel like you just have to put yourself first, Mm -hmm. and realize, like, okay, I'm not going to do this with you. And it's not, I don't even think it's a matter of like being with somebody who is still working in progress. I don't think that's it at all. But I think it's when you are starting to like prioritize this person's wellness and happiness above your own and really going out of your way to like fix what's broken in their life. And I just don't think anybody has the power to do that for one another. I don't think anybody has the power to do it for me. So I, I automatically don't think any, that I have the power to do it for anyone else. But, like, eh, I don't know that I believe in that. Because I feel like you absolutely, like, if there's things about you that you, that they learn in the relationship, like, things that they came into being ignorant to or just fucking fucking up on, and you show them a different way or you teach them, you know, something, then by all means, when they leave you, if they leave you, the next bitch is going to benefit from the time well, yeah, and effort you put in. And I think that happens in every relationship or every healthy relationship. Yeah, somebody is going to benefit from something that you taught somebody. But that's like, I think that's enlightenment. And I don't think that's, I think that's a little bit different from like 
going out of your way to like fix someone and always be an audience for their problems and, and chime in and give money or give assistance and just be always giving to try to help somebody get better. Like I think in relationship, yes, of course there's going to be enlightenment on both sides. If you're doing it right, I feel mm. that and mm-hmm. both people are growing and getting something out of the situation. But when I'm saying fixing, I feel like it's one person really just being more of a leech off of the other person and getting everything out of the relationship and the other person's not getting what they want out of the relationship. And then finally, you know, you have, you have fixed quote fingers or like you have poured so much into this person that, you know, they go to somebody else with a full cup. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know that I would be. I mean, I don't, because I don't, I don't necessarily regret the things that I've been through either. So I don't know that I would care one way or the other. I might be, you know, feeling a way about it in the early, you know, early part of the aftermath. But like beyond that, hmm. Like, the shit that I once cared about, about a motherfucker, I don't really care about now. Right. But I think, like, that was the thing with Ruby was her name. Ruby was just basically saying, like, I have been supporting you. Like, I supported your mission to move to L.A. I let you move out here with me or we moved out here together, really, so that you could pursue your writing career. You sat on my couch for however long. But all of a sudden, this new girl comes along and you've managed to, in, in the space of a month, because... He, she basically, once he started dating Nuri and she was like calling the house and stuff, she was like, you've got to go. Like you, I can give you a month to get your shit together, but you have to go. And so in the course of a month after they have been living together for God knows how long, you know, you've gotten a job, you're writing, you're doing all of this shit. So it's like, what's the reward for the bitch who, who helped you get to where you are? Like there's no... There's no reward for for being in the struggle with somebody. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Not unless you make your own reward. But yeah, he's awful. He's an awful human being, and like, or awful character. Shouldn't say human being, but he's like an awful character, and he just perpetually uses women in his life for his care, and it's just irritating to me. I'm just, like, the the thing that, like, blows me and boggles me a little bit is, like, because um, I watched a lot of the interviews before I even, because I couldn't watch the show, so I was just watching the interviews. And Mara is saying, like, that 90% of this shit is true. Like, some yeah. things are, like, you know, made up, but a good chunk of it is real. And I'm like, wow. And I think, honestly, like, I want to say that this may have been poorly timed. Like this was maybe 10 years too late just because Mm. I don't think that I think our generation specifically of women are just like, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm not doing all this. Like, fuck, fuck out of here. I will be alone. Like before I, cause when I was looking at that shit, I was like, I would have put him out so fast. Like there's, a, you're not coming to live with me. I just met you two weeks ago. And literally, you are homeless. Because if you don't live with me... And, and I think that was the other manipulation that was irritating the shit out of me. It was mm-hmm. like... Every time she was like, I need some space or I'll just go. Or um, or not, I'll just go. But like, I need some space. Or every time she sort of like needed a little bit of space or anything, his answer, his immediate response was like, I, well, I'll just go back home. I'll just go back to... And her response is like, you mean to Ruby's? Like, the the two options are between, like, this woman that you are in a very, very new relationship with and your ex-girlfriend. Like, that's fucked up to even put her in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, every single time, he she's like, no, no, don't worry about it. You can stay because obviously she doesn't want him necessarily going back to his ex-girlfriend's house. But I would have, honestly, like, this whole situation couldn't have been me. And I, like, I don't say that lightly because I've been in some shit and, you know, it is what it is. But I can confidently say, like, this shit would not be me. Because literally we wouldn't even have gotten past 
we wouldn't have gotten past the him his car getting towed from in front of my neighbor's home and it looking like he, he lived in his car like i'm not gonna put that to the side oh. and that's the those are the type of situations where it's just like no you're in it to like build him up or fix him or something like you have got to have some other sort of like because i'm sorry like i don't want anybody to be homeless but you can't come leech off of me and i'll just mess you yeah Mm-mm. <laughs> like but yeah that's a no-go that would have been the end right there like we wouldn't even have this wouldn't even have been going to have gone even this far the whole like not having a job thing that shit is a no-go that's a non-starter for me like fuck that you can't just not have a job if I gotta go to work every day, you gotta go to work every yes, day. You right, exactly. You gotta God go to bless, work. or have some means of bringing money into my home where you're sleeping every night. Like absolutely, fuck not. There's so many places where I would have just been out. It's not even. It's not even plausible. I would have made it to the end to be the couple on the couch. It's not even plausible at all. Yeah, me either. I don't think I could have. But you know what? I'm not. Well, you know what? Hmm. Because this is a different, like, we're looking at this shit in the 90s and not having cell phones and technology and who's to say what, you know what I'm saying? Like, No, I don't think I can say that I wouldn't have been in that situation. Like, I, I saw my mom be single all of the 90s. Well, for the most part, in and out, a single, dumb, and it never looked that bad to have niggas sleeping on the couch. Like, no. Nah. Or or random people. I mean, and granted, she had a kid, so obviously she probably wasn't doing all the dirt that she would have been doing, but, like, mm-hmm. I just, single, singledom never seemed that bad to me. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I think sometimes people think that being single is the worst thing in the world, and I just have never seen it that way. So when some shit starts happening or some red flags start flying, I'm happy to just be like, oh, I'll just be by myself then shit. Like, this is not, being by yourself is not the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not the worst thing, but it's it's pretty pretty bad. <laughs> it's not the worst thing, and for me, and I, I understand that I'm a different sort of person, but for me, like, half the time it's desirable. So, like, <laughs> I'm not a person who needs a lot from people. So, I don't, I'm happy to be by myself for the most part. So, I don't have that hang up about, like, wanting someone around or thinking that, like, oh, I need somebody in the house with me or whatever. I, I don't have those sort of hiccups. Quite the opposite, actually. I'm just yeah. like, oh, you, oh, you mean getting, having a relationship or, you know, getting serious with somebody or potentially getting married in the future or whatever, like, oh, you mean you have to live here? <laughs> yeah, that's the part I'm a little bit hung up on, like, knowing that I, like, I would have oh, to. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's a little so. rough, because I'm living alone and have done so for, like, the last several years. And so it's a little, like, it's a little hard to didn't go and live with somebody else. For sure. And I'm definitely, I'm also an only child, too. So it's like, I'm so used to being alone. Like, being alone is the default for me. And I don't have any problem with it. So, nigga, you want to come bring all your drama over here? You don't even have a car. You got to drive my car. No, well, that ain't going to happen. Well, we not like, doing you, you got to drop me off shit. at work and come back and get me. You got to do all of this shit, like, absolutely the fuck not i just don't think so i i'm i'm confident and i don't say like i said i've been through some shit i've been in some shit i done did some grimy shit all of that but i can confidently say like this would not be my bag <laughs> yeah Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so I'm, i don't date the homeless i'm sorry you better say that twice <laughs> so, anyways we don't date the homeless i'm in agreement with you on that yeah. mm-hmm. um Sidebar, before we jump into, like, the next thing. Um, I personally grew up watching The Cosby Show. I grew up on that show, essentially. Like, that was one of my favorite shows. I know where this is going. Yes. To the point of where, like, when that show came to a close, I bawled and boo-hooed. I was so sad and depressed about a TV show. Crazy. 
So, <laughs> I am so mortified for, um, oh boy, that was Sandra's husband. I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. Elvin. Elvin, yes. I'm so mortified for him because it's like, okay, yes, someone saw that or whatever, but now every news media and social um, media outlet is like running this man's name into the ground in this picture that someone took of him. And it's so embarrassing in the sense of like, not embarrassing that he's working, but embarrassing that they are putting him on blast with no one ever having communicated with him to find out, excuse me, what the fuck is going on now? Like, you know, what are you doing now? What was life like after the Cosby show or whatever the case may be? Like, none of that has ever happened. But instead, like, they're just blasting the fact that he worked at fucking Trader Joe's as if working at Trader Joe's was the worst thing in the world that he could be doing. Well, I think there's been a little bit of traction this, really today, that I've been on the internet um, and seeing, like, a little bit of traction about the story. And he actually... A, I agree with you wholeheartedly. When I saw that, I felt, like, completely horrible horrible for him and, like, mortified. I was just like, that is, whoever did that is fucking terrible. It's like, you know, these are acting gigs. These are, you know, different things that are coming up. But it's like, you can't stake your whole life on that shit. Like, that shit, unless you're a big star, like, that shit comes and goes. And so, so what he was working at Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's from what I understand, has great benefits. Like, exactly. <laughs> who fucking cares? You know what I'm saying? And like, let's keep it above. I don't know what his deal was when he left the Cosby show, but the Cosby show ain't playing like it used to. Exactly. So the residual checks probably done dried up a little bit. Um, because of the whole Bill Cosby scandal and all that shit. So it's like, that's how I felt. But today I felt like it turned a corner because, and actually I never really felt like it was, um, I think it was a Fox News story at first, but like literally everybody on my timeline was like, so what? Like, <laughs> and your point is, and I saw a lot of actors speaking up to be like, and people pulling out stories of actors. Like, um, I follow Reagan Gomez and she was like, girl, I used to do telemarketing. I used to do a whole bunch of stuff to try to make ends meet, and I will still go back if I need to. Like, yeah, she absolutely. You know I have heard her because she's been on some of the different, um, like YouTube um, shows and stuff that I was watching like back right. in the day, and she's absolutely talked about that shit. So I'm like, what is going on? Like, why are they? And then I so saw hard? today, like Marla Gibbs apparently like was literally answering phones for United airlines when she was filming for the jeffersons for the first two seasons and i was like this is not uncommon everybody doesn't make it big like sometimes that's your only gig or you might get um sporadic gigs here and there but i feel like it really turned a corner today and apparently he was on um i don't remember i don't know what show he was on but he spoke about it too and he was just like look like who gives a shit like you know, I work at Trader... Well, he didn't say I work at Trader Joe's, but he was like, no one job is better than the other. Like, one may pay more, one may, you know, be have better status or whatever, but I'm making a living. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's just like, yeah, that's the whole point. And then I've seen, like, other... Um, I think Tyler Perry, like, reached out and was like, um, I'm filming new shows. If you want to come, you know, audition or whatever, like, we'll have a spot for you or whatever the case is. So I think the, the story turned a corner... But it's just really a shitty thing to do to somebody. Like, that is That's so I mean. yeah. humiliating. And yeah. and it just takes away somebody's dignity. Like, he's yeah. doing a fucking full day's work. He is doing his what he is business. supposed to do. Fucking Fox News audience who is always talking about pulling people up by their boots. Pulling, people pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Like, he's doing exactly what you've asked him to do. And then you go out of your way to embarrass him? Like, exactly. what the fuck? That's the thing that I had an issue with. I'm like, how do you, like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, so what? My thing is, if you were going to take a picture with him, you should have just took a picture with his permission and with your ass in it. And then say, I ran into such and such and -and so-and-so today. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just making it like this this big-ass, like, drag Like a spectacle, like... Yeah. Of, like, dragging him from working at fucking Trader Joe's. Because then it's like... Well, what are you saying about the people that actually do work for Trader Joe's and make their? Let me tell you something. My friends and I talk about this. One of my friends, um, she's a eye doctor here, 
And she was like, her um, classmates, like she had a classmate that went and worked at Publix and worked his way up to like meat manager or something and was making fucking six figures with no debt. Like the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. I wish I could be somewhere making six figures with no debt. Cause I can't, I'm not. Ain't I have a lot of debt. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't that it? And I, and I also haven't hit six figures yet. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? These are honorable jobs. These are things that everybody loves Trader Joe's, but don't nobody want nobody to work at Trader Joe's? Like, that's stupid. It is. 100% stupid. And it just was, makes I was you serious. like... I was irritated, and I just thought it was rude as fuck. And I honestly wish... I wanted people from both sides, like, good and bad, to just stop posting that man's picture everywhere and, like, retweeting yeah. his picture everywhere. Even if it was... I stand with or bull. I just wanted people to shut the fuck just up stop. about it because yes. that man's dignity was not worth all of that. Yeah, I agree. And while, like you said, something positive may come from it because he's possibly going to work, you know, with Tyler Perry Studios now. Like, still, like it's just embarrassing, and not embarrassing because of what he's doing for his a living. It's just to be put out there like that and have your business told without your permission. Like, oof. That shit just fucked me up. I was just like, what the hell? Like, really? Really? This is what we doing, y'all? Yeah. So, anyway. Moving right on. What else do we have? So, we did Love Is. um, What was the other one that we put? Oh, we were going to do Married to Medicine, and then we're going to do Iyanla. Okay, so yeah, we'll save Iyanla for the end. (laughs) All right. Alright, so Married to Medicine this season. I'm interested to see how things are going to pan out. Um, They came back with not really a vengeance, per se. Yeah, they did not. Um, It was really not a vengeance, but go ahead. The biggest thing, excuse me, the one thing that I really enjoyed was the conversation between the life coach and Dr. Jackie. Mm Mm-hmm. And while at first I was like a little alarmed and was like, this is really unprofessional to be having a conversation with your client about your business. Um, (laughs) I then kind of take a, took a step back because I'm like, well, it's a little different, you know, like they showed the flashback of the previous season where the life coach did ask her because everything was so public and they did have a rapport. And so I guess Dr. Jackie felt comfortable enough to speak to her at that point as more like a colleague because she is a professional life coach. Um, I just, I thought it was refreshing to, for, to see Jackie legitimately taking um, in the advice and words of someone else that's not, um, that's not a doctor. Not to say that Jackie is like, She's, you know, frowns her nose upon um, those that are not MDs, but it was just, it was a different perspective for me. Um, I know that when they had, like, the sexologist, the the doctor that was also on this episode, she listened to her as well, but she was also a doctor. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just thought that was really refreshing. Um, the other thing that stood out to me was, of course, the foolishness between Mariah and... Um, whatever her name is, Dr. Heavenly. Which I think is silly, and Mariah gets on my nerves so bad, like, I cannot, I don't have words for how, the many ways that Mariah gets on my nerves, because I thought what Heavenly did was actually a nice gesture, and Heavenly is not typically very nice, and Mm -hmm. so what you didn't like the picture, that was your opportunity to just be like, okay, girl, whatever, like, you could have picked a better picture and laughed it off or whatever, but I thought what she, I don't think she intentionally picked some horrible picture of Mariah, like, like she it took out. it to the nth degree and it wasn't even that strong of a flame <laughs> it really was not and it, it was like y'all that was a time when y'all were all together and y'all had shared an experience and whatever else so she blew up that picture like it was not that deep and I just I, that's how I that's what irritates me with Mariah and like why Mariah gets on my nerves and I see that she's on the cast the full-time cast now again so oh lord yeah she gets on my nerves I just I don't she just does too much with too little. Like, she always takes things, too far. like you said, to the nth degree. And it's just like, it's not even that much. Yeah. It's really not even that much. It's just too far. Like, since you're, you're tired, you're tired, you're played out, you're, you know, like, vernacular is stupid. 
Like, you just doing a lot. And I remember, like, them early seasons of that show, I was really over her and Quad and how they spoke and, you know, all of the the shade tree and the what all of that shit. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a lot. At this point, we're how many seasons in with them, like, can we? And I can really only handle either Heavenly, I mean, either Quad or Mariah, so. The two of them together was a lot. The two of them together is going to be a lot. I, I already know that. I'm just like, ugh. But they're not friends, so the two of them together probably won't be that bad. Uh-huh. And in all things considered, Quad ain't really even seeming like she on the show this fucking season. So, like... So, let's talk about Quad <laughs> briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, This whole... <laughs> the scene with her walking around the, the house around Dr. G and this sort of like, hey, when she passed him in the kitchen was hilarious to me. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, girl... Not to say Atlanta's not as cheap as it used to be, but girl, you could go get you a little apartment or something so y'all don't have to live in that house together because that, that tension alone must be fucking terrible to be living in and existing in day in and day out. Yeah, like why would you want to be in that space? Yeah, exactly. Um, hold on. And then I saw, I got sent a clip on uh twitter where quad okay have you ever seen the um the show that she hosts um no but i know about it okay so sister circle which i actually like i like the um their interviews are a little bit rough so i don't usually watch that but i will watch the like intro usually i watch the um the part where they're talking about whatever the news is because i really like um rashawn ali I really like Rashana Lee, um, and then I like Selena Johnson too because I think she's funny. And now Trina Braxton is on there, so I'll usually watch if I'm especially if I'm working from home. I usually watch their like intro segment where they talk about you know whatever blah blah. So, anyways, Quad, I guess this was yesterday's episode because I watched today's episode and this didn't happen. But yesterday's episode apparently like looks dead into the camera and is like. You're out there living like you're single. You're taking trips like you're single. If you really want to be single so bad, then you need to sign the paperwork. My paperwork has already been submitted, Dr. G. So sign the paperwork. Oh, heaven. I was just like, oh, my God. And then, like, Rashawn was like, because Rashawn is the consummate professional. Rashawn Lee, for those who don't know or aren't familiar, like, when I was living in Atlanta, she was on the radio. So she was you know on the radio and then she was also she also was um did sports stuff with the falcons and then she was on um i don't think she ever was on like espn or anything like but she used to do like sports commentating too so people who like live there or are from there whatever would know her so she like looks over and is like oh god what what am i supposed to do with this and then she kind of looks at selena like um okay well let's move on it was hilarious but yeah i was like quad please don't let this um in your sister circle check now right like don't don't, don't, don't let it get in the way of all that Mm-mm. damn yeah i've not seen that but then too i don't be on twitter so well mm. again this was like literally today <laughs> that it came up so um but yeah the whole divorce situation should be interesting because that whole story he was telling at the reunion last last year did not make one bit of sense if you went upstairs to a hotel in a hotel room with a woman that you met and y'all were flirting and talking sexually and you're a married man something happened mm-hmm. like you were sitting here lying talking about nothing happened so, yeah, that. so this was really like a setup episode. I'm glad to see that Simone and Cecil are, I don't know that they really are trying to work it out. It seems like they're kind of partway trying to work it out, but like not actually putting forth the effort. Which is <laughs> very odd. I feel like, excuse me, y'all, I have some watermelon in my mouth because I'm hungry. But, I feel like, Dr. Simone is not really doing much working. Yeah. And I feel like Cecil is trying. Yeah. So yeah I would agree with that. It just kind of feels, it feels, I feel bad for him because it's like, she's just not, She. I mean, she wants the marriage, but she don't want the marriage. I think she wants the marriage. I think she's 
comfortable with the marriage and they're both comfortable with the marriage. But at the same time, I don't think she wants to have to do the work of putting the marriage back together. And honestly, for for her, like it's it seems like she's coming back a little bit further than him. So I think that there has to be some patience and understanding in that too, because it seems like she's the one that filed for the divorce. She was the one that was not with the shit with him hanging out with this other woman. Like, it seems like she was the one that was like so far fed up and over it by the time they got to the divorce part of it. So she had, and that he was still, I don't know if he was still on board, but he was still, at least willing to work it out. So I feel like she's coming back from the brink of like, I'm done with this. And he's coming back from the brink of, okay, well we can still work on it. And that's two different places. And that's a further journey for her. I feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I'm just so. happy to see them like still together. <laughs> Cause they're like my favorite couple on that show. Yeah. So, So, like I said, this was a setup episode, so I'm sure we'll see more unfold and we'll be able to talk about more things happening on Married to Med. So, should we move on to Ayamla? Let's go. (laughs) So, Ayamla was very interesting. Um, I watched the show, The Second Wives Club, that the other woman was on. Mm -hmm. What was her name? Do you remember? Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) I'm gonna look it up so I don't have to keep calling her that woman um but I watched that and um so Sharice from House Eyes of Potomac was on there and the other woman was on there um from the Second Wives Club and basically they were just talking about the dissolution of their marriages and how things fell apart and I was actually impressed because Sharice was a lot more self-aware than I expected. But at the same time, she just seemed like even toward at the end when they did the update, she was just like, I'm not, she's not taking any of Ayala's advice and she's just choosing to go her own way. And it was just like, okay, so you know, you just aren't over it or you're just not ready to move on. Right. That's crazy. So, okay, I, that's the only thing that when you're watching it online, you don't get to see, like, that part of it. Okay. So, so she basically said that she wasn't going to take her advice and, like, she's just going to try to go go forth on her own? Yeah, that's what, that was the update. That don't make no sense. Like, bitch, well, why did you come on this show? Uh, it was Veronica. Her name's Veronica. So, um... But it was interesting because it was like Veronica was the younger version of Sharice. So I don't know how it would have felt to be Sharice in that situation because it's like you're getting set up here to be somebody else's cautionary tale. Mm. Woo! Girl. Now that I thought. <laughs> huh? I said that part I found to be rather interesting. Because, like, when they when she sat them down on the couch again, she literally was the cautionary tale. Uh-huh. And it's like, but sis, how do you feel about that? Like, you're... Uh, I wonder if that's where the rebellion comes from with Sharice and not, um, not taking the advice. Like, do you feel a way because of how you were, you know, presented on TV? Yeah. So I think with Sharice is like her whole thing was, and I'm not sure y'all really gave Sharice a whole lot of advice to be completely honest, but um, it was sort of just like find out who you are and and do that. Um, and move forward that way, yeah. Yeah, go in that direction. But at the same time, it's like you know she is ending a 20 year marriage, even though she said it had only been good for like 10. Oh, you know what killed me? When she said that she had moved into the guest room with him. Girl, right. I was like, so isn't it just the master again? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how how have we not just created a second master bedroom? Because y'all are in the same room. That's the whole point. Oh my God, that is funny as hell. I didn't even think about it that way, but you're right, man. That's funny as hell. 
but yeah, that whole thing. I was like I said, I was surprised and impressed that she was even self aware enough to be like, "Yeah, I sold my soul for a lifestyle." It's like, yeah, you did. Like, no shit, we can tell that, boo. Yeah. But I, I couldn't believe that she said it so clearly and so out loud either, you know? But I also feel like, like, I'm not going to bullshit you. I feel like she went on the island so she could set up a story for the next season of The Housewives. Also true. Because why else would you go and be that motherfucking candid? But yeah. could never be that candid while you were on the show in the previous seasons. The other thing I wanted her to do was like a... Um a charade style intervention where she pulled it out of that house and went into the champagne room and was like, who is this for, beloved? (laughs) 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 The shade. Because you know that, um, I think she put the house on the market, so it's just like, who exactly, like, you knew you were going to have to leave, like, you know this is a sham! It's a sham! (laughs) Your house is in shambles! And you have a nerve to put a champagne room. What is there to celebrate? <laughs> oh I really God. like. I really wanted Ayala to grab hold of that champagne room because that shit was the most irritating thing. And I think we talked about it on here before, where I was went off because I was just like, "What are you even bothering spending all that money for a champagne you got room to sell when house. you gonna have to sell the house?" Yeah. <laughs> so like. Um, shit, I forgot I was here to say just that quick. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Um, I will say this on an on a like frivolous, it doesn't really matter note. She looks really beautiful. She really did. <laughs> like very like elegant and well put together, like really beautiful. I was like, bitch, she, she looked come beautiful, on but I didn't like her shoes and I didn't like her bag. Oh, I wasn't looking at that part. I was just looking at her face. No, her face was beautiful. And then she, um, <laughs> when Ayama was like, you know, you're sitting here in a $900 outfit. I was like, you might have to add a zero to the end of that, Ayama, because that's a Chanel bag. And I'm sure that those shoes are something as well. Like, <laughs> the, Chanel, the bag by itself is probably a slew two grand, like. $2,900 worth of shit. Least. I mean, it was like a, it was one of the um, smaller ones, so. It wasn't like a one of the classic quilted ones, but it was like that was at least two grand, at least. Mm. So I got a giggle out of that. I just, you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you. I live for Yala and her stunts because she be cracking me the hell up. Like that- she literally cracks me up. Like every single time <laughs> she is pulling out a sheet of paper and writing like "ho" on it. I just. <laughs> It just sends me every time. Okay. Like, she legit came out running around with that, with them fucking rollers and that wig and shit on her head and just sat down at the table. Listen. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Girl, I was rolling. And I get that, like, you're trying to portray this, this ideology of what stuff looks like. But it's like, it's so many grandmas and aunties that look like that. So it's, it's a little offensive. Just a little bit. It was a little bit, but I kind of got the point. Yeah, Especially same. for people who are like so well put together. It's like, and I've shared on here before even saying like how I might look fine. But, and like I'm making my business to make sure that I look fine. But in the, in the insides, I'm like a disaster. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I posted that on my Instagram where I where I basically just expressed to the world, essentially, because my Instagram is public, that I have PTSD. And, like, that picture is how I presented to the world at that time. And, like, everything was perfectly fine. I was well put together and snatched and beautiful in all of my glory. But all the while on the inside, crumbling and not even really a, the truest version of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that is all that we have scheduled out to talk about. Did you want to chat about Insecure briefly? Did you watch this last episode? I did, and I kind of feel like we should save Insecure. Okay. I feel like, yeah, we should save Insecure. Curious, is there a reason why we're saving Insecure? 
because that whole scene with Molly and the therapist and the lack of communicating details to the therapist. Like, mm. what is that about? And, like, and okay. the funny thing about it, and now I'm talking about it, but the funny thing about it is the the black girl therapy podcast, whatever the fuck that um, thing is called, um, the doctor who had the website to help you find black therapists. What is her yeah. name? Okay. Therapy for black girls. Joy Braden Hartford or something like that. Well, yes, Dr. Joy, because I, I can't mm-hmm. remember the rest of her name. But um, she mentioned that too. And I just, I was like, you know, it's funny that um, it, it was a confirmation because that echoed back to me too. Like, you know, the, the therapist was like, well, who the hell is Drew? But not, she didn't say it like that. But you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind talking about that um, either. I think that was <clears throat> interesting. But also, I want to talk about how she is acting with the blacks Ooh, and girl. how we know that. <sighs> I'm going to say something here. I'm always being offensive. It's fine. I'm problematic. Fancy blacks can be a lot. Lawyer blacks can be a lot. So I feel like she is just fucking up all over the place at mm. that black firm. I agree. So we're going to have a lot to pick through. The <laughs> impact is going to be a whole... The fallout from that is, is a lot different from the fallout from these little white people who don't really give a shit about you one way or the other any damn way. So, mm-hmm. yes, we will do a spirited discussion of insecure perhaps <laughs> next week. We will lead with that and we will go from there. Do you have yeses this week? You go first. All right. Well, I have a few. I have a list because mm-hmm. we haven't recorded in three and a half um, years. So... <laughs> Um, here we go. My list is where. Um. Well, why you find your list? I pulled it up on the computer. I got it. Like back to my phone. Oh, my first yes is for the article that came out. Um, that was talking about what it's really like to be black working in fashion. Did Mm. you catch this? No. It was actually excellent, and. They basically interviewed different black, um, a- anybody who was black in fashion, hairstylist, stylist, makeup artist, and sure, like literally all of your faves except for June Ambrose <laughs> were in there. Well, all of my faves were in there <clears> except <throat> for June Ambrose. Um, but talking about the relationships and how fucked up it is that white editors don't go to black things, but black people are, black editors are expected to go to everything and have a um, um, a foothold or a some at least working knowledge of everything. Whereas if you went up to a white editor and asked them what are baby hairs like or what are, I mean pre Kardashian shit, but like if you had to ask them like how to lay down your edges or what kind of products you could do to lay down your edges, first of all they would be like what are edges, and second of all like no I don't I don't know anything like gel, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like shit like that. So people were talking about that. They were just talking about lack of access. Um, yeah, it was actually really good. And I think there was over 100 in there, 100 different um, people talking about what it's really like to be black in fashion. And one of my favorites was in there, who is um, Tamu McPherson. She runs the site All the Pretty, All the Pretty Birds. And she's based in Italy, and she was talking about how she thinks that largely her success, like, she wouldn't have been able to have access to a lot of the stuff she had a, have ac- has access to in the U.S. Like, because she lives in Italy, she speaks Italian, but she's, like, always at a Gucci event, always at, like, the high, high, high fashion events. Like, she's not just getting on wherever she can. She's, like, at these events and at these experiences. Um that they set up so I love her and she was like super candid but yeah like everybody was very candid they interviewed bloggers and like I said everybody so it was a really good article long but very um very good and well broken up so then the headings were able you know kind of guided you through the article so I was I'm gonna have to read that yeah Um, so I loved that um I actually went to on the run over the weekend so I wanted to give that shout out um good time very good time. 
And then Kaepernick, which I think everybody's talking about how yeah. Nike. I read somewhere that they had been paying him all along, and they just like just dropped the endorsement. Yeah. So I, I think that's super dope. I think that's super NFL dope. Shit. But I'm so irritated at the people that are like, like now you want to boycott Nike and burn your Nike paraphernalia. And basically, all that he's fucking saying, all that Nike is saying is like, believe in something so strongly that you go, you know, you go forward with it with, with all of the force you have within you, regardless of what other people have to say about it. Yeah, like, but, you know, the whites are going to be mad. They're going to find a reason to be mad. God yeah, bless. Yeah, you're right. It's just stupid. I'm just like, shut the hell up. I actually had an interesting conversation about that with my, um, one of my white male coworkers today. <laughs> and he was in agreement with me that, like, it's just dumb. Like, what he, what Nike is saying is to believe in yourself so much and whatever you, you're passionate about and go forward with that. Like, mm-hmm. yes, his face is the poster of it, but it's no different than any other mission or, like, statement that Nike has catapulted to the forefront. Yeah, of course. It's just a different person. It's so ridiculous. So, but yes. Yeah. Well, so, they hate Kaepernick because they just feel that he is out of line for protesting in the way that he protests. Yeah, so. and that he's blasphemous, even though he said in numerous interviews that he talked to war veterans and they told him that the most honorable way to, you know, to make a protest without dishonoring us would be to kneel. Well, I'll tell you what, the um, the arbitration board, because, of course, the NFL tries to get his case dismissed, but the arbitration board was like, uh, no. So the case is going forward, and I think they are going to find some, you know, like some conspiracy to keep him out, out, of, um, out yeah. of the league. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, and I hope that they do. And I hope that all of them pay for it too. Yeah, I hope by the time this is all over, we have the San Francisco Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are my yeses. Um, I have a few yeses, actually, once I, you know, gathered them together. Um, <clears throat> One of which is about all the new things in my um, playlist for the podcast. So I'm listening to On She Goes, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's several people, but it's interesting. They crack me up. I've added um, Life is a Trip with um, the It's One Girl, and her name is Andrea. I've been following her for years. She used to make like YouTube videos um, back in the day, and now she's finally on, pod- on to podcasting, and she's hilarious, and I love her, and, um, I started listening to Lovey Ajayi's, um, Rants and Randomness, and, um, Jesus and Jalof. <laughs> I love Jesus and Jalof. I do, too. Um, I live for Jesus and Jalof. It's so good. So good. I really wish we had have recorded the week that Lovey was going through. Oh, Yeah. It's kind of too late to talk about it now, but hmm, I had feelings. I mean, we can still say the feelings. Well, maybe we can uh, say that for next week when we're talking mm-hmm. all things like insecure, and that's like she's insecure adjacent. They're all like friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, oops, shit, I'm gonna drop this laptop. Lord bless it, <laughs> girl. Okay, so um, for my last yes. It goes to, I always have, like, some sort of, like, spiritual, like, awakening moment. So, like, this isn't necessarily a spiritual awakening moment, but I had a conversation with... I was about to say, girl, you ain't woke yet. Um, shut <laughs> up, fool. Um, I had a conversation with the life coach who is, like, she's become, like, a friend at this point, um, that I work with, and we, we just had, like, a legit revelation today, and she was just like, you know what, um, we're gonna bust this down, like if you were sitting in the therapy office and talking about how you feel about things and where those feelings derive from and if in that like understanding where it derives from have you given your power away which is why you feel the way you feel Mm. I was just like ooh girl hit me right on in the chest but yes we we had a very good conversation so my yes goes out to Miss Catherine and if ever you listen to this girl, thank you for listening. <laughs> cool. So. 
right. You can find us everywhere at More Bougie Than You. Uh, it's on Twitter. I never tweet anymore, but it's uh, More Bougie Than the letter U on the end. Maybe I'll get up there and tweet Insecure or something. We'll see. Um, and then everywhere else is just all spelled out More Bougie Than You. All right. Bye, guys.